you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Thursday, January the 13th, 2022. A lot in the news to dive into today. What is the latest on gun control in America? You know, constitutional carry seems to be taking off. 21 states right now have constitutional carry. Alabama is considering it, along with Georgia, Florida, Nebraska, and Ohio. Uh, What is that? What does it mean? What are the implications? Brandon Langley is going to be our guest. He is with Langley Outdoors Academy on YouTube, a great gun channel there. And he's going to give us the lowdown on constitutional carry, what it all means, and why these states are considering that, and more coming up at 35 past the hour. So stick around for that. But there are several stories in the news that are of great concern. I don't know if you caught the Senator Ted Cruz and the FBI exchange on the FBI's involvement in the January 6th riot at the Capitol. It was pretty intense and crazy. Um, We might dive into that. But more importantly, I don't know if you also caught the USA Today story that seemed to suggest making pedophilia normal. And uh, we might talk about that. Jennifer Roback Morris uh, was interviewed by The Daily Wire. I'm going to comment on that a little bit coming up in the What's Concerning Us. Consumer price index rose 7% in December. It's above and beyond what it was a year ago, marking the fastest increase since since June 82 when inflation hit 7.1%. So prices are on the rise, and it's crazy. We'll dive into that as well. So uh, lots to jump into today. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Hey, good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. How are you? I'm doing great. Did you get moved in? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. That Joe came over yesterday with his sons and generously helped us to move all of our boxes out of our pods. So we're pretty much set here. Well, I don't like. I would be like a month would go by and I would still have boxes. Yeah, I can't stand looking at boxes. So I, I hightailed it, kicked kicked it into high gear, got all the boxes out. You're very organized. Organized everything. Yeah. Well, praise be to God. (laughs) We're glad you're getting settled. That's that's awesome. I know that has to feel at least a little bit. You know, easier on the family. Yep. There's no going back now. <laughs> there's no going We're back now. Here. Well, did you hear that they went into lockdown mode apparently in California? Yeah, County Sonoma County in California, which is crazy because uh, you know that really worked last time. So <laughs> <laughs> you think well, let's pray for them by now. Let's pray for them. Speaking of lockdowns, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Praise be to God. In spite of it all. In spite of it all, it's good to be here. <laughs> Despite uh, California's locking down, it's good yeah. to be here. Yeah. Though, unfortunately, uh, I guess uh, California lockdowns don't affect me too much, but it's good for me. <laughs> I'm true. fine. That's true. I don't know. Uh, the governor may want you locked down. Who knows? We'll, well see. you know, that's all right. You might get more California refugees and not the good ones. I, yeah, there is a quite a big of an, uh, an exodus going on. I, I no, wonder what the you. stats actually are, though. I wonder if there's Maybe a guess we could get on about that. That'd be kind of fascinating to me. How big of an exodus is it? Right. Is it as bad as the grocery store shelves? It's or a ghost town. Is it as bad as the water reservoirs in California? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> speaking of ghost towns. Uh, all right. All kidding aside. Hey, if I mentioned the fact that some lucky Catholic radio listeners going to drive away in a brand new Mercedes come February 
Uh, yeah, it could be you. Uh, the good news is we get to use all the proceeds to keep Catholic Radio going alive and strong, and you could possibly win. All you need to do is uh, get your tickets. You can find the rules, purchase tickets, all of that on our website. Just go to grnonline.com. Scroll down till you see the Mercedes picture. Click on that, and you'll, you'll find everything you need right there. So that's grnonline.com. Dot com for all of that. Praise be to God. So breaking news coming up next, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and a lot more headed your way. But let's pray first. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos, and let's dive into the headline news for today. Breitbart reports in the midst of inflation, border crises, Biden's biggest concern is attacking voter ID. On Wednesday's broadcast of Fox News Channel's America Reports, House Minority Whip Representative Steve Scalise said that in the midst of all these crises, inflation, high gas prices, a border crisis, go down the list that families are facing. Joe Biden's top priority is getting rid of a picture ID and mandating same-day voter registration registration in every state of America, which opens the door by everybody's account to massive voter fraud. Why would he want to do that? Why is this his top priority? His top priority should be helping families who are struggling because of the failures of the Biden presidency. He added that getting rid of voter ID is not something voters are crying for. It's just some of the party bosses amongst the Democrats in Washington. Most people don't want this. They want Washington focused on their problems like inflation, like high gas prices that Joe Biden created. And the the Blaze reports, U.S. Department of Homeland Security announces climate change professionals program. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security has announced a climate change professionals program meant to recruit federal employees and recent graduates to assist DHS in its efforts to adjust to climate change and boost resilience, according to DHS. The climate change professionals program will be instrumental in helping the department adapt to our changing climate by providing hands-on experience and guidance to young professionals interested in climate adaptation and resilience, the DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorka said in a statement. This program will help the next generation of climate experts improve climate literacy through the department and help us execute our climate action plan to remain mission resilient while reducing our impacts on the environment. The announcement comes even as the nation's southwest border continues to be inundated with illegal immigrants month after month. And Life News reports 27 abortion centers have closed in 2021. 1,456 abortion clinics have closed since 1991. And the AP reports anti-vaccine protesters tried to storm Bulgarian parliament. Protesters opposing COVID-19 restrictions in Bulgaria clashed Wednesday with police as they tried to storm the parliament in the capital of Sofia. A heavy police presence prevented protesters from entering the buildings and some were detained. Several people, including police officers, were injured during the clashes. Eventually, the protesters were pushed back and the police cordoned off the building. The violence erupted at a protest rally against mask and vaccine mandates organized by a nationalist group that is fiercely opposing the Bulgarian government's anti-epidemic measures. Nearly 1,000 protesters who waved the national flags and sang patriotic songs remained at the square in front of the National Assembly 
asking they planned, uh, saying that they planned rather to stay there until their demands for abolishing the mandatory face masks and green vaccination status passes were met. And the Blaze reports California County bans large gatherings and asks residents to shelter in place to stop the spread of the Omicron variant. Those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is Blessed Yvette. She was born to a wealthy family in 1158, but not particularly religious family. She was close to the Bishop of Liege, and from an early age, she tried to live a religious life from her home. Her father was a tax collector, and Yvette was forced into an arranged marriage at the age of 13 and had three children. One died while she was still an infant, before she was uh, widowed at the age of 18. She used the opportunity to retire to a, a virtually derelict leper hospital in Stat, close to Hu, on the heights of, of the river uh, Meuse to attend to the inmates and more fully follow her religious calling. She left her two sons in the care of their grandfather. Ten years later, she became an anchoress and was enclosed in a chapel called cell near the colony in a ceremony conducted by the abbot of Abbey Notre-Dame de Orval. From there, she offered guidance to pilgrims who considered her a prophetess in the apostolic sense of having insight into the divine. She had the mystical gifts, including ability to read hearts and visions of distant events. She summoned priests and even the dean of the local church to her presence and confronted them about their behavior. Hmm, interesting. She was responsible for the conversion of her father and one of her two surviving sons. After a time, her power threatened the male clergy in the canons, and she was denounced on and died on the 13th of January, 1228, in Hu, Belgium. Her son ended up becoming a monk and a priest and a saint. Blessed Yvette, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 45. A leper came to him and kneeling down begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched the leper, and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then, warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. And then he said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I feel like we covered this passage not all that long ago, actually, maybe just like a last week, week before, something like that. But St. Chrysostom said the reason why he touches the leper and did not confer health upon him by word alone was that it is said by Moses in the law that he who touches a leper shall be unclean till the evening. That is, that he might show that this uncleanness is a natural one that the law was not laid down for him, but on account of mere men. Furthermore, he shows that he himself is the Lord of the law, and the reason why he touched the leper, though the touch was not necessary to the working of the cure, was to show that he gives health, 
not as a servant, but as the Lord. Close quote, St. Chrysostom, pray for us. Praise be to God. I love that. He is the Lord of the law. The law he is not subject to the law. He is the author of the law. And we should keep our perspectives very straight on that. The Ignatius Catholic Commentary today also kind of brought into uh, this uh, conversation several points of interest in regards to this contagion. The Ignatius Catholic Commentary uh, makes it very clear that what can separate us from God? No, not even, not even a contagion. Because ritual uncleanness was considered contagious under the Old Covenant, infecting everyone who came into contact with it, lepers were isolated from society to keep those who were clean separated from those who were unclean. Jesus reaches across this divide when he touches the leper, and though others would be defiled by such contact, he conquers the uncleanness by the greater power of his holiness." Yes, I love that idea. I love that, that, uh, that notion of our Lord being not only the Lord of the law, but also not being afraid of, of, of this ritual uncleanness, but having the desire to reach those that we deem unclean. Think about that. In a day and an age where we have you know, people being denied the sacraments because of their vaccination status, let alone going to you know, restaurants and things like that, well... This is a day and an age where we must look at passages like this and have supernatural faith. We must have that courage and trust in God. And I think our Lord is telling us that today. And also the Ignatius Catholic Commentary goes on to talk about um, the Messianic secret. And I always found this incredibly fascinating, right? Go and tell no one. Don't tell anybody. Why is that? Well, the Ignatius Catholic Commentary points out that this is a leading theme in Mark. Jesus, Jesus frequently enjoins silence on demons and men to conceal his identity as the Messiah. Several considerations are here. Number one, Jesus wanted to avoid a sensationalist reputation of being no more than a wonder worker. Publicizing his deeds by word of mouth comes with the danger that rumors will begin to disconnect the, his miracles from his saving message. Number Number two, he wanted to sidestep popular expectations that the Messiah would be a political and military leader. And number three, he did not wish to ignite the wrath of his enemies before the appointed time of his passion. He knew it was coming. Jesus knew who he was, and he knew whose he was, and he knew what his mission was. It's our job to know the same things. We know we belong to the Lord. We know we are his children. We are in the body of Christ. And we should see this world not through the lens of the world, the flesh, and the devil, but through supernatural and courageous faith. There is much at stake in the world today. Let us be faithful. Let us be courageous. Amen? We'll be right back. Coming up next is the What's Concerning Us. We'll see you then. During this season of celebrating the birth of our Savior, it's a good time to reflect on all of our blessings. Yes, Dave, like all of our faithful listeners who help keep Catholic Radio on the air every day. So, so I'm grateful for our bishops, priests, and religious who sacrifice every single day for the salvation of souls. I appreciate being a Catholic and for the freedom we enjoy to worship in this country. And even for the little things like that gallon of eggnog sitting in our office fridge. Ooh, is that supposed to be for everybody? Uh, yeah. Oops. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, GRN family! family. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Since we are all children, we all associate Christmas with Christmas presents. G.K. Chesterton says that everything looks better when it's a gift. 
A gift is something we don't deserve. If we deserved it, it would not be a gift. And that's why the only possible response to a gift is gratitude. And that is why we hear in the Mass, as we will hear at Christ's Mass, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Everything we have is a gift. And that is why Chesterton says, thanks is the highest form of thought. That's why the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. The best kind of giving, says Chesterton, is thanksgiving. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Brandon Langley, Langley Outdoors Academy, joins us to discuss constitutional carry. What is constitutional carry? What are the implications? What's the difference between that and, say, concealed carry. We're going to have that conversation. Why is this growing across many other states? What does this mean for, for Second Amendment and, and, uh, and all of that coming up at 35 past the hour with Brandon Langley from Langley Outdoors Academy. You can find him on YouTube, by the way. Um, we're going to jump into a bunch of stories that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure that to you they're also of great concern. But here's a follow-up to a story. Um, you remember the Christmas Parade Massacre up in Wisconsin. Well, I saw today that there was a new headline that says prosecutors add dozens of charges in Wisconsin parade deaths. And this is out of the AP. And I thought it might be good to kind of revisit this story a little bit and see what is, what is the latest information. Because a lot of times these stories, they kind of get buried and then you never know what actually happens. Well, I thought it might be important to bring this up. Um, we all remember, right? It was a horrific thing. Daryl Brooks Jr. steered the Ford Escape for five blocks through the parade route in the Milwaukee suburb of Waukesha on November the 21st, killing six people and injuring dozens more, according to the complaint. Um, It cites police estimates that the SUV reached speeds of up to 25 miles per hour and says some people landed on the hood with Brooks carrying them along. Quote, all of the victims who were killed and most of the people that were injured were walking right down the middle of the road in plain view. Close quote, the complaint said the um, the street was clearly closed to traffic. There were barricades in place and police present to direct motorists for the entire length of the parade route. The article goes on to say, but maybe you didn't know about this. Just minutes before driving through the parade, Brooks beat up the mother of his child because she had not bailed him out of jail several days earlier after he was arrested for running her over with the same SUV. Not sure if you knew that or not. The article goes on to say, prosecutors charged Brooks with six counts of homicide in two days after the parade. They added 71 new charges against him yesterday, including multiple counts of reckless endangerment, hit and run involving involving death, battery and bail jumping. He's set to appear in court Friday for a preliminary hearing, the, the step in the criminal justice process where a judge decides whether there's enough evidence to proceed to trial. Brooks's ex-girlfriend told investigators that he broke her leg when he ran her over Early in November, he walked out of jail two days before the parade after posting $1,000 
bail. The woman told investigators that the day of the parade, she met Brooks at a Waukesha park and got into the SUV where they argued about why she didn't bail him out of jail. He drove her around, steering with one hand and punching her in the face with the other. The complaint filed on Wednesday said. And then, of course, after that, the, the massacre. Horrible story. Really tragic and horrible story. So 71 new counts. We'll see how this all turns out. We'll keep you up to date when we get more information. There is this a story that came out in the USA Today that seems to suggest or seems to want to suggest that uh, pedophilia ought to be normalized, that it's misunderstood somehow. And the uh, Daily Wire interviewed Dr. Robach Morris of the Ruth Institute about this. And so I wanted to read a little bit of that article for you. But here's the headline out of the Daily Wire. USA Today, pedophilia is merely inappropriate among the most misunderstood conditions in America. Now, what really caught my attention about this particular story, before I jump into it a little bit, is we all know about the sex scandals in the church. They've been plaguing us now for the last 20 plus years and and more, obviously. Some of these stories, some of these cases and these crimes go back decades. But, I mean, the news cycle is, you know, 20 years old. I remember 2001. I was living in New England when the story broke about the Boston sex scandal. I was barely Catholic at the time, fresh off the boat, as as you might say. And I kept thinking to myself, what have I got myself into? What have I joined? What is this thing? I can't believe priests would do these types of things. And it's only gotten worse from there. So we all are very familiar with how the media treats these stories and how it paints these pictures. And now we're seeing the media. Are they doing a 180? I don't know. Here's a little bit of the article. One of the, mo- one of the nation's most widely circulated newspapers ran an article on Monday that presented pedophilia as, quote, among the most misunderstood, unquote. Conditions in American society dis, uh, diminishing pedophilia as, quote, inappropriate, unquote, while it promoted, quote, destigmatization, uh, destigmatizing the attraction, rather. Quote, pedophilia is viewed as among the most horrifying social ills, but scientists who study the sexual disorder say it also it is also among the most misunderstood, close quote, opens the article by Elia D. Dastagir. The article, and she goes on to say, quote, researchers who study pedophilia say the term describes an attraction, not an action. And using it uh, interchangeably with abuse fuels misperceptions, close quote, about pedophilia. Now, let me just go down here, and I want to open it up to Rudy and Adrian, let them comment on this. But here's something, I want to go down to this part of the article here. It says, quote, social scientists say that The effort to erode the social taboo around pedophilia has been underway for years. Quote, I do not misunderstand pedophilia at all. Close quote. Jennifer Roback Morris, a former Yale economics professor who founded the pro-family Ruth Institute, told me, going on to say, quote, the architects of the sexual revolution declared without proof that all sexual restraints were outmoded taboos that were well rid of, that were well rid of. But the sexual taboos protect the interests of children, close quote. In order to eliminate traditional sexual mores, the sexual revolutionaries had to redefine childhood. Instead of children being dependent on their parents, parents became the oppressors of children's sexual liberation. Instead of being innocent, children became sexual beings, quote, quote, added Morris 
going on to say, quote, in this way, pedophilia has been uh, baked into the sexual revolution from the very beginning, close quote. Now, there's a lot more to this article, and you can find it linked up at Daily Wire. Uh, like I said, the, uh, the headline reads, USA Today, pedophilia is merely inappropriate among the most misunderstood conditions in America. Now, I want to open it up. Rudy, um, when was the first time you were aware of any pedophilia cases within the church? Like, do you remember that moment? I don't, actually. Uh, that's a, a funny thing that you should ask that, because I, I don't remember. However, I I, um, I guess I would say it started around the McCarrick scandal, you know. It started to so become, the summer of 2018? It started to become really aware in in the forefront of my mind, yeah. you know, because you, you would hear stories here and there. But, but like before you that— You never knew how deep it was, you yeah. know. And, uh, you know, to hear of all the, the different survivors and stuff that were going on. So actually, for, I, I want to take it back. I started becoming aware of it when people started telling me, well, why is the church it – was, it was around 2012 when I was really getting into Catholicism again. And people were asking me, well, why are you joining this church again yeah. that is so full of Isn't pedophiles? That, Every priest absolutely. is a pedophile. Yeah, especially if you're like the only Catholic in your circles. Yeah. And they're all asking you, what do you, what, why do you belong to this crazy church? Right. You know, so, I mean, look, at they put out a movie about the Boston sex scandal. That's right. Right? They mm-hmm. made him a whole movie. Spotlight. I think it won awards, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think it's Spotlight, um, for sure. So they had no issue using the media to slam the Catholic Church for every single one of its pedophilia cases. And yet there seems to be a little bit of hypoc- hypocrisy here from the same media sources that are happy to paint a different picture about pedophilia. Now, they have been doing this. They've been up to this for a very long time. They like to use these things against us when it's convenient to them, but they are, they have been trying to dismantle these um, taboos for a very long time. Adrian, you're you're a young guy. When was the first time you recall awareness of this issue? Right. So, I mean, the, like I said, like you said, I'm, I'm very young, so it wasn't that long ago. But the in college, I remember whenever the scandal broke with McCarrick, I had not really ever heard of pedophilia cases except from anti-Catholics throwing out, well, there's a bunch of pedophiles in the priesthood. And uh, and I was like, okay, whatever. And I kind of just dismissed them. And uh, the it wasn't until the whole scandal with McCarrick broke out and I saw the movie the uh, spotlight and the uh, people were talking about it. I was, I was furious. I, I couldn't even like articulate how angry I was whenever all this broke out. I, it was a whole ordeal and it's a whole conversation to have, but this whole movement right here, what's forgotten is that there is a link between homosexuality and pedophilia Yeah, and people refuse to accept it and they try to cover it up. And that's one of the things that made me angry during the whole report with the Cardinal McCarrick report and uh, all the investigation that was happening. They were saying, oh, well, you know, this is not a homosexual problem. This is a pedophilia problem. Oh, but I the remember problem there is, were some bishops that stood up and said, well, there, in some of these cases, there's there's consenting adults, like as if that makes it OK. Right. But the, but I'm but more to the point about pedophilia, though, there is a direct link between these two things. They were saying that almost all of the pedophilic cases were with boys and a lot of them were post-pubescent, yes. meaning it pederast. was not – exactly. It was – well, not simply pederast, but it was also with ones that have already gone through puberty, and therefore it's homosexual and right. not simply pederast. It's both. 
And uh, that and that's one of the things that they try to cover up because they don't want to have these things. And the logical conclusion to the transgender movement and the homosexual movement is a normalization of pedophilia. That is the goal. That is why they have drag queen story hours. That is why they're trying to normalize drag queens at story times, at having events, having drag queen Christmases, things like this. They're trying to normalize and they want your kids to go to these things. And this is why we have to uh, to protect our children, to protect our children, but also fight and but, protest these things when it happens. Rudy, I totally agree with you. And I'm thinking now of something that I have witnessed in my lifetime is the normalization of so many different degenerate, you know, conditions or, you know, to put it to be nicer, you know, mental disorders. Like, for example, you talked about homosexuality that has become completely normalized in our culture today. And pedophilia has it's starting to become normalized in our culture today. We're seeing it, you know, right before our eyes. You know, do you remember the movie that came out on Netflix with the uh, yeah. the young girl? Sweeties or cuties, cuties, something like that. It was horrible. I canceled Netflix right after that. Yeah, it's I'm insane. Done. I'm done. Not that I, I, you know, I'd have to cancel the entire world to try to truly get away from it right. all. You'd I mean, have to so be it's not. It's impossible to truly rid yourself of the, all of the, these connections. But I can't. I couldn't do can, uh, Netflix after that. It was just too much. But you know, as a parent, um, my my. Uh, one of my grandkids turned two yesterday, and um, protecting my kids has been the mission of my wife and I, protecting them from the crazy, giving them an opportunity to play, to be innocent, to not have the pressures of their peer groups and society around them, you know, forcing these uh, perverted ideas into their heads and trying to pretend as though they're normal. The peer pressure that, that our kids face is so enormous and it is definitely a, the, one of the biggest issues our kids are going to have to deal with. And if we pretend as though these things are right and normal, we are doing a disservice and a damage to our children. Call me a helicopter parent all you wish. I will not regret this on my deathbed. I promise you that. Amen. It's a terrible story. Let's pray. Let's pray for the innocence of children everywhere and for parents to, uh, to have the ability to protect them against it. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. Breaking news and stories. Rudy Carlos is coming up next. Plus, we're going to have our guest on, Brandon Langley from Langley Outdoors Academy, talk about constitutional carry and gun rights. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. From the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 10 through 11, the angel said to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you who is Messiah and Lord. As we celebrate this Christmas season, bring love and joy to all the people because our Savior is born. I'm David Magianis with the Guadalupe Radio Network, and I wish you and your family a Merry Christmas. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Have you ever heard people object to gold and gilded ornaments in a Catholic church? Have you ever heard them question the purpose of burning incense? How do we answer them? simple. We answer them by pointing out the three gifts of the wise men at Christmas. If gold and incense can be brought to a stable, they can certainly be brought to a church. What do these three gifts mean? G.K. Chesterton says they represent three prophecies about the Christ child. Gold, that he should be crowned like a king. Frankincense, that he should be worshipped like a god. And myrrh, that he should be buried like a man. The first two are marvelous and obvious. The third is a wonder. Want more than a minute? 
visit our website at chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now your headline news. Newsmax reports agency watchdog IRS in crisis. The Internal Revenue Service behind on tax returns due to staffing shortages and backlogs is in crisis, National Taxpayer Advocate Erin Collins wrote in her annual report published Tuesday. At least 11.6 million returns are still unprocessed from last year. The IRS regularly enters filing season with approximately 1 million tax returns from the previous year, and 2019 returns were not cleared until June 2021. The agency is also dealing with a surge in phone calls. Just 7% of taxpayers reached an agent during last year's filing season, according to the report. The IRS received more than 145 million calls from January 1st through May 17th, or more than four times its normal call volume. Paper is the IRS's kryptonite, and the agency is still buried in it, she added. Oh, boo-hoo. Epic Times reports a federal agency to compile a list of employees who seek religious exemptions from a COVID-19 vaccine mandate. All employees at an obscure federal agency who claim religious exemptions from President Joe Biden's COVID-19 vaccine mandate will be added to a list, the agency said in a public notice this week. The Court Services and Offender Supervision Agency, also known as CSOSA, posted the notice in the Federal Register asking the public for comment on the new system, which is being called the Employee Religious Exemption Request Information System. CSOSA says that in order to meet the requirements outlined by the president and the task force, it is creating a new system that lets it collect information related to religious accommodations to the vaccination requirements. The system will be used to house information on workers, volunteers, insurance contractors, and consultants inside the Praetorial Services Agency for the District of Columbia, an office inside the CSOSA, who ask for religious exemptions. The primary purpose of the Secured Electronic File Repository is to collect, maintain, use, and to the extent appropriate and necessary, disseminate employee religious exemption requests information collected by the agency in the context of the federally mandated COVID-19 vaccination requirement, the agency said in the notice. That's concerning. And Breitbart reports China's Belt and Road reaches Central America. China's state-run Global Times on Wednesday celebrated the inauguration of leftist dictator Daniel Ortega, beginning his fourth term as president of Nicaragua after a rigged election denounced by worldwide democracy activists and the Organization of American States as a big victory for China's Belt and Road Initiative. The Global Times touted the support of China's Xi Jinping for fellow dictator Ortega and swooned over the latter's dubious re-election as a sign of global political realignment as Beijing's influence stretches deep into the Latin American backyard of the United States. The Chinese communists were delighted with Nicaragua severing its diplomatic ties to Taiwan and embracing Beijing instead, the right choice in keeping with current trends, according to Chinese experts. But the real prize was Ortega's embrace of the BRI in a meeting with Chinese special envoy Cao Xianming before his inauguration ceremony. According to the Chinese state media, Ortega told Cao he totally supports and is willing to join the Belt and Road Initiative and the Global Development Initiative to build a better future for the China-Nicaragua bilateral relations. And LifeSite reports woke lesson at public school told students they're privileged if they're Christian, straight, or male. Now the district is reportedly doing damage control. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is Brandon Langley from Langley Outdoors Academy, which you can find linked up on YouTube. Check his YouTube channel out, uh, Langley Outdoors Academy. Good morning to you, sir. Thank you for your time. Uh, Good morning. Praise be to God. We're glad to have you on board. Now, constitutional carry is a story that came out 
a couple of days ago, and um, it's, I, I think that uh, gun rights and gun laws have kind of gone under the radar because there's a lot of big news in the, in the cycle these days, and a lot of people have been distracted by that. So I thought it might be a good time to catch up on what is the status of gun regulation in America today. And do I see this story out of Breitbart that's suggesting constitutional carry is now growing, 21 states now, and growing to a bunch of others. So uh, we thought we'd invite you on. Maybe you can uh, tell us uh, what is the latest information. But let's start with, can you tell us, maybe some define some terms, what is constitutional carry? Well, essentially, um, constitution carry is the idea that the government is mandated to allow you to do these things through the constitution, right? So if you've got the idea of, hey, I have a firearms right, I have the right to defend myself via that firearms right, is it really up to the government to tell me if I can or cannot utilize that right, right? So you have, um, excuse me, you have a bunch of states, especially the leftward leaning states around gun control specifically, where they will come in and they'll say, yes, you have that constitution, right? But we'll let you know when you can use it, how you can use it, and if you can use it, mm. right? It's a debate between may issue and shall issue, right? So in the right leaning states, the shall issue is basically a mandate from that state saying, no, you're going to do this. It's just a matter of time. On the may issue, like New York, California, you're at a point where the state decides if you're going to. A lot of the cases in that in that area, like the New York Supreme Court case that's going through right now, it's all around, I might give it to you if you prove that you need it. And the whole point really boils down to, is the state in the place where they can tell me if I do or do not need a constitutionally guaranteed right? That's that's the political side. The impractical, like the practical side every day is, you can carry your firearm without a piece of paper from the government allowing you to. That's the idea. That's where you hear permitless carry. That's why you hear a lot of the arguments that we have. Now, we live I, I'm right now currently sitting in the state of Texas, the great state of Texas, and we adopted constitutional carry in 2021. And I recall yes. early 2021 before it was enacted here, before it was signed into law by the governor. Um, mm-hmm. people were making wild claims about Texas going to become the wild, wild west, you know, now that everybody's going to be strapping six irons to the hip. And uh, to be honest right. with you, maybe I just live in a little bubble, but I just have not seen that materialize. What are people saying about uh, constitutional carry around the country? So from what I'm seeing around the country, because obviously on my YouTube channel, there's not like a defined area, right? So you've got people from all the way in California with extreme gun control, then all the way to Texas, you know, all the way up to Maine. Like people are really jumping in this conversation. And honestly, it's a lot of movement in the forward direction for constitution carry, okay? So if you look at the legislatures across the nation, there are a lot of them are moving in the direction. As you mentioned earlier on, there's 21 states that already do this. A bunch were added last year. Um, And then you mentioned Texas was one of them. And this year you're slated to see six more potentially go that same way. So you could be sitting at 27 nationwide by before the midterm elections. Um, and so I mean, obviously that's a dramatic increase. If you include Tennessee from last year, Texas, Missouri, like a lot of the states that really kind of initiated this. Um, I personally, I don't believe you're gonna have that many states jump on board in that many parts of the different, different parts of the country if you don't have public buy-in. That's kind of, I don't that, to me, that's just a high level observation, but. 
obviously in my circles, everyone's for it. <laughs> I mean, but I'm, I'm, yeah, but, I mean, completely honest, I'm completely biased on it. So I'll I, tell you that. I'm sure you are. Uh, right now, I think Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Nebraska, mm-hmm. and Ohio are all considering it right now. I'm surprised Alabama hasn't already done that, to be honest with you. But uh, they're, they're on the docket right. now considering that. But, you know, like it, um, in Texas, so when constitutional carry became law, one thing that became clear to me as a as a outsider knuckle dragger, uh, I lo- I love guns. I own guns. I shoot guns. I hunt. I'm 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 in that camp. However, it became clear that constitutional carry is a term that doesn't literally mean, I think, what people think it means. There's still there were still limits to what yes. could be done, and maybe you can explain those. Yeah. No. So you're correct. So if you look at the very broad definition of constitutional carry, like what we were just talking about a few moments ago. That's the overarching broad view, right? There are still places where in certain states, you're not going to carry a firearm in those areas, like public schools is a really big one in some states, government buildings. It, those rules don't change. It's not like you um, you all of a sudden have this right where guns are everywhere. They're in the courtroom. They're in the you know traffic court. It, that, that doesn't change. The main thing about constitutional carry that's, it's simple in a way, but it's also kind of broad is, you're just removing the ability for the government to permit you for a guaranteed right. The rules that are still in place still exist. And one of the things that the left is kind of aligning to on the gun argument is, well, now anybody can just be carrying a gun. Well, anybody could carry a gun before. The only difference is the government's telling you if you could or you couldn't. And the next argument is, well, what about background checks? Well, the background checks are done before the gun is purchased. Nothing changes, right? So, in one aspect, change, obviously people are, sometimes people are uncomfortable with change across the board. And that's a human thing. That's not a left, right, or center thing. That's just a human thing, right? Um, but the big thing here is it, it affects a lot less than people think. And if you get into the argument of, well, what about this one scenario? What about this one scenario? This human, like you said, the wild, wild west, it's not really accurate, right? I mean, if you look back from early 2021, 2020, all those years before that, the big joke across the country was always Texas is always strapped. Texas <laughs> always has guns. Like that was that was the whole joke. I mean, yeah. like if you walk into a store in Texas, you're gonna see more guns than you are what you're gonna buy. I mean, like just that was the joke across the country. And I just I find it interesting that the conversation changes from it, not 2019, well, it's you know, there's so many guns in Texas to 2021 when it's now constitutionally in, endorsed to carry that gun in Texas. Like, well, then now there's so many guns in Texas. I'm like, you're, you're saying the exact same thing. Right. What, what changed? Nothing, nothing really changed except the ability for the government to tell you you could or you couldn't carry it. We're, we're very close to a break at this point. We're going to end up having to take a very quick break, and then uh, we'll continue our conversation uh, right on the other side of that. Uh, Langley Outdoors Academy, before we jump into that break, tell me real quick about that. you got about 30 seconds. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. So, the YouTube channel is something I started literally in my garage. Um, I just wanted to put some information out there about the Second Amendment. At the time, I was working in a gun range. We're and about to run out of time. What's the website? Uh, uh, YouTube. It's Langley Outdoors Academy. Langley Outdoors Academy on YouTube. More on in that, though, on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Uh, Brandon Langley is on with us to talk about gun rights in America and things we should know and understand. All that's coming up right after this very quick break. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. 
Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca wishing you a Merry Christmas from the Catholic Drive Time team. A brief meditation on Christmas. The Virgin adored him saying, Oh Lord, you indeed have come from heaven to earth for the salvation of men. I adore you because as God you are my creator and as human you are my son. Joseph adored him saying, Oh Lord, you have granted me such a grace. Kings and prophets wished to see you and they did not see. But to me, a sinner, you have given such a grace that I should see you. Merry Christmas and God love you. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says, All comfort must be based on discomfort. What's that supposed to mean? It has something to do with the fact that we celebrate Christmas in December. It is the feast in the middle of winter. We are choosing to be joyful at the very moment when the whole material world around us is most sad. We are defying cold death outside by celebrating life inside. And that's why there's nothing more comfortable than a blazing fire in the middle of a blizzard and why we bring a green tree inside and decorate it and talk of good cheer in the face of darkness and death. Tidings of comfort and joy. Because all comfort is based on discomfort. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Uh, Brendan Langley is our guest. Langley Outdoors Academy, which you can find on YouTube. Just search for Langley Outdoors Academy. We'll try to link to it on our social feeds as well. Welcome back to the show, Brendan Langley. Um, We... We were talking about concealed carry versus constitutional carry before the break, but you brought something mm-hmm. up a minute ago that I want to tap into, and that was uh, background checks. It's one of those uh, things that gets mm-hmm. hotly contested every time there's a tragedy in the news about uh, a gun violent shooting or, uh, or whatever. Uh, apparently, we don't cover what happens in Chicago every single weekend, but either way, it's neither here nor there. Uh, every time there's a big tragedy yeah. in the news, and we hate tragedies, by the way. We, we want to avoid them, not have them. And um, But background checks come up. I, every time I've bought a gun, I've had to go through a background check. How about you, Brendan Langley? Oh, every single time. I mean, I mean, without fail, you are going to go through that background check. And that's the that's one of the things that I deal with a whole lot, just having conversations with people that aren't in the gun world that much. There, You are not going to buy a gun from anyone registered that is selling that gun as a business without doing a background check. It is not possible. And the the really fascinating part about it is like, well, we have all these guns going through without background checks. Like the FBI literally calls on every single sale. It goes through the background check on every single sale. Sell. You have the serial number. You have all this information. You have the driver's license, the, the living address. You have all this information. But it's it's one of those things. If you say it early enough and often enough, then it becomes true, even though it's not. Yeah, is um, is that true for gun yeah. sales at expos? Well, so yes. Yeah. So if you have, if you are actually a FFL dealer, right? Like if you actually have a business and you are reporting sales from a business perspective, yeah. you're doing the background checks. Like if you go into a gun show, like the one of the favorite conversations is uh, the gun show loophole. The gun show loophole doesn't exist. The, the idea that a business is regulated in their place of business, but then when they step outside of the confines of the business, they're not regulated. It's pretty low hanging fruit. I feel like I feel like that's a pretty easy one to see. That's not exactly true, mm. right? Um, 
if you're if you are selling as a legal entity, you're doing that background check. You don't want to have that conversation with the ATF. <laughs> Trust me, you don't want that one. Speaking of ATF, didn't we see uh, an article, a report that came out um, maybe a couple months back that uh, these these dealers were closing down and shipping their records off to the ATF and the ATF is now digitizing them? Well, so that's yes, there was a report of that. So here's where you kind of get into a very interesting, sticky situation. And this part is where I, I personally find it very fascinating. Um I'm sure they did ship all of that information to the ATF. The ATF already had a copy of that. The big problem is actually not does the ATF or the DOJ know that those guns existed. The big problem is how long they're kept and are they digitized? Because if they're digitized, that's a federal registry. And there's actually laws that prohibit the ability to digitize all that information. And I did a report, um, man, about a, probably about 10 to 11 months ago all around the fact that the ATF was actually complaining that the floor was giving way because of the weight of the paper. Wow. And they had all these, and they have all of these offsite storage facilities. And, and it really was the article in, I mean, you have to consider timing when all these things come out. It was right when David Shipman was being nominated for the ATF director. So there was a lot of pro ATF, give them the resources, give them the people, give them the leader, you know, all of those things in that push, um, which failed by the way. Um, but that was that was a big piece of it. Like it's not being digitized as of now, at least legally and out in the public. Mr. Langley, I like your uh, YouTube channel, by the way. I was watching it um, just oh, yesterday, and uh, in one of your videos, you described the ways that an the anti two A lobby tends to go too far, and then they get reined in, 100%. and ends up being a win for the pro two A lobby. Uh, could you mm -hmm. describe that a little bit more for us? Yeah, no, absolutely. So. One of the most beautiful things about our constitution and our form of government is the government is regulated by that constitution. There are rules and there are boundaries that the government cannot cross. There are rights that are guaranteed to the individuals, right? And when you have a situation where a guaranteed right, the Second Amendment is guaranteed, the move, and I said this on my YouTube channel a lot, it's a lot harder for the left to take the gun rights than for the right to defend them. They have to go against the Constitution, the supreme law of the land. They have to go against local ordinances. They have to go against the culture. They have to go against a lot of things that a lot of people in the gun community and the gun world don't. I know that they know this, but they're very concerned about defending from their perspective, which is 100% legitimate. But if you look at what they have to overcome, we have the advantage. And then if you go into the individual um local ordinances if you go into the individual states like particularly california chicago new york they're constantly doing things that are not violating the second amendment they're just kind of bending the second amendment in their own and that's their own definition right mm. so you can have a gun but you know that 11th that 11th mag, uh, bullet in the magazine or cartridge in the magazine yeah that that goes too far so you can have 10. you can still have the gun you can still have your rights but you can't have 10 rounds for that right <laughs> or you can't have this specific firearm. Hey, but you have the other ones. And what happens is you end up in a point where they push and they push and they push and they get sued. And when they get sued, the courts go, listen, I know what you're saying here, but that's clearly against the Constitution. You can't mandate what people have to buy. You can't curtail a Second Amendment right that is given to these individuals because it's our guaranteed rights. And that's what you have in New York right now. This, this case in New York, the SCOTUS case, basically a guy wanted or two guys wanted to buy guns and they the government said no you can't because you don't have a good enough reason 
And they sued him and the Supreme Court heard arguments and the Supreme Court was like, what are you guys talking about? I mean, it really did not sound good for the gun controllers at all. And the big thing here is they push too far. And when they push too far, they're typically virtue signaling and they're trying to achieve their moral superiority. And I'm not trying to be aggressive. I'm just saying that's what they go for. That's their move. Right. Um, and they get pulled back into place. And then all those rules that they did across all the gun control cities have to get revoked, removed and rewritten. So if this New York case falls, that means Chicago, Los Angeles, all of these states can't do, ah, we might give you the gun. No, now it's, no, you will. And they have to rewrite everything. So it, it's kind of like a rubber band effect. You know, that's really interesting. I know we talked about briefly in the last segment about uh, that the co- idea or the term constitutional carry is kind of a misnomer. But do I mean, we were talking about this this whole time. Like We have a constitutional right to having to the right to bear arms and we have all this infringement on it and there's all these qualifications well yes you have a right to bear arms but only this kind of gun only this kind of weapon uh, i mean in texas you can drive a tank but it has to you can't have a uh, treads on it but that, <laughs> elsewhere you that's not you're not allowed to do that so what exactly would a real constitutional carry look like i i know in texas before we had constitutional carry you could carry long guns around in texas open openly and that, that was no problem uh but what would a real constitutional carry look like so i mean that's kind of a that's kind of a broad question right so it depends on the time frame that you're in and it, i mean it also depends on what your the frame and the scope of the conversation so where we're at right now you're talking about carrying your firearm that you legally own, that you that the background checks have gone through and you're not a felon, there's no flags on your record, you can carry that. You don't need to ask, ask the state's permission to carry that. That would be modern times. If you go back before the 1930s, before prohibition, I mean, it was literally, that was the wild, wild west. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, like we, we did an article on my news source, um, the second press, when it, it was all about, hey, you know, gun, this all this gun control came about during prohibition. And the attorney general at the time, I believe his last name was Cummings, he actually came out. This is in the 30s. And he was saying, like, well, you know, Americans just need to put up with the fact that it's going to be inconvenient, but we got to stop these criminals. You know, it's it's important. They've, they've got more guns than the Army and the Navy. That's an actual quote. So this fear mongering and this manipulation has been going on since Prohibition. And interestingly enough, Prohibition went away, but the National Firearms Act, which was actually spawned from the Prohibition, stayed. So if you're talking about a true ability to bear arms and through the constitution the constitution literally says no you guys get it the whole point is to defend against an oppressive tyrannical government now i'm not advocating that i mean i don't want to say that we need these to fight tanks and m16s <laughs> you know I mean, excuse me, like f-15s and all yeah, that Yeah, we're gonna lose but <laughs> we all remember looking, waco right right you know and and that's the that's the the big piece here is it, it's not about the false bravado of i'm gonna stand up and i'm gonna have you know, my weapon and I'm going to defend my right to live as a peaceful, you know, as an American from that perspective, right? It's much more a, we have these rights, we have the ability to do these things because we're building on a foundation that our rights were guaranteed, right? And something that I talk about a lot is the, and it's kind of lost sometimes because the fight is so important on the small side, like what we're dealing with right now. We're, we're the next generation inheriting these rights from those that came before us, who died for us, who sacrificed for us, who protected these rights. And it's our turn to hold the torch. Mm. You know, it's this is not something that's brand new and we're defending one of our ideas. This yeah. is a lineage. This is a continuation. And that's what kind of drives me. It's like if I think about people who stormed the beaches of Normandy, if I think about people who fought in the Revolutionary War, if I think about all the different pieces of our country, 
600,000 people in the civil war. Like that's not small. And no, that's something that's sure. worth having that conversation. On. Hey man, we're just about out of time here with Brandon Langley, Langley Outdoors Academy on YouTube real quick. Uh, again, about a yeah. minute, minute and a half. Uh, tell us about your YouTube channel. Yeah. So basically what we do on that YouTube channel is we look at the political news of the day for the second amendment, what's going on, blue cities, red cities, nationwide, federal, and we analyze and we really dive into what's actually happened, right? Because there's a lot of different players on the federal level. There's a lot of different people and backgrounds. And we really dive into the relationships and kind of the the counts of where the votes are. What are the rules that can and can't do? Can they actually sneak this gun control into a budget bill? No, they can't because of the bird rule. You know, all of these different nuances to the Senate and the government and the House of Representatives. And then we look at the actual odds and we talk about it honestly, to be fair. Like, I don't I do not fear monger. That's not my thing. Let's talk about this. Let's figure out a plan. Let's move forward. Yeah. Right. And that's um, the YouTube channel is all about Second Amendment rights and finding that why and driving with it. All right. Praise be to God. Brandon Langley, Langley Outdoors Academy. Check him out on YouTube. Thank you, sir. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. Thank you, sir. All right. That is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. Thank you for joining us for that. If you can and are able, join us for the second hour. We love to have you. You can always watch us live on our website or hang out with one of our live video feeds all linked up on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But don't forget, you can always pick up those raffle tickets for the 2022 Mercedes GLA 250. Some lucky Catholic radio listener is going to drive that away at the end of February. Could be you. I don't know. Your chances and all of that are not that bad, actually. But you can find the details on our website, grnonline.com. Just scroll down till you see the picture of the Mercedes. Click on that for the details. But uh, God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, for another round of Catholic Drive Time. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Hi, this is Lan Oswald, president of the Guadalupe Radio Network. My wife Joanne and I would like to wish all of our GRN listeners and their families a very blessed Christmas and a happy new year. Hi, this is Toya Hall, Vice President of the Guadalupe Radio Network. I want to thank you, Guadalupe Radio family, for your prayers and gifts that provide support for your GRN station. I pray that you and your loved ones will have a most blessed Advent, a joyful Christmas, and a new year filled with peace and love. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it's become a bad habit in our society to celebrate Christmas before it comes. We've forgotten the glory of anticipation. The presents should not be opened until Christmas. That, of course, is part of the excitement. And while we know the gifts are coming, Chesterton reminds us that the best kind of gift is the surprise gift.
And if we have the right perspective, we should look at everything as a gift and every gift as a surprise gift. We are happy to wake up on Christmas morning and find gifts in our stockings, but the best gift we could ever find in our stockings is our own two legs. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. From St. Luke's Gospel, the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, this is the sixth month for her, who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. As we celebrate Christmas, let's bring impossible measures of joy and love to all. I'm Joseph Schuler with Guadalupe Radio Network, and I wish you a happy and holy Christmas. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. It is Thursday, January the 13th. 2022, and you are only one day away from your weekend. I mean, just think about how great your weekend's going to be. You're just one day. You can do this. You got this. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Brandon Langley from Langley Outdoors Academy, catching up on some of the uh, gun control and uh, constitutional carry stories in the news. All of that uh, will be posted to our social feeds at some point. You can find them linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But lest I should forget, do not forget, please, to get your car raffle tickets before it is too late. You, too, might be able to win a brand-new 2022 Mercedes GLA 250 in night black, mind you. Night black. Very nice car, and some lucky Catholic Radio listeners going to drive away at the end of February and the good news for us is, uh, by the grace of God, all proceeds go to benefit the Guadalupe Radio Network and our uh, Catholic Radio Apostolate. So not only could you win a very cool car, but we get to keep doing our mission as well. So please check it out online, grnonline.com. Just scroll down till you see the Mercedes. Click on that. You can find the rules. You can buy your tickets. But if you want to go like, you want to 10x that in impact, Call your local GRN station manager and ask them how you might get your tickets and then say, hey, you know what? I want to help you grow in the market, so can I sell some tickets to my friends and my family for you? That would be that'd be pretty awesome. That'd be amazing. Speaking of which, uh, Rudy Carlos is here. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning, Joe. And just imagine putting a brand new gun rack on that GLA 250. <laughs> Do they still sell those? How cool would that be? I haven't seen a gun rack in a truck in... I don't know, a decade? Like, I don't, is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. It has to be like it. maybe out in the country. It's still got to be a thing. That would be. But I think most people gem. are afraid for people to see their guns because they'll be stolen kind of thing. That's true. Like, could you imagine a gun rack in a Mercedes? Ugh. 
or like a rooftop tent and an, and an off-road package would be, be kind of cool. nice. That'd be nice. Uh, speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. In and spite of it all? Despite of it all. Despite, and do you, have a, speaking, do you have a gun rack in your truck? Uh, well, I don't even have a tailgate, so. <laughs> <laughs> it was in the tailgate. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to leave that there. When I was a kid, we used to see them all the time. Now we don't. I never. When seen, I, I was a kid, uh, well, you know, Wait, that was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, back in my exactly. day, that was like three days ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, praise be to God. It's still a very cool car, GLA two fifty uh, twenty twenty two model, and it's nice. It's sitting at our at our partner dealership up in the Dallas area. We're very grateful to them for their support for our radio postulate and. Uh, like I said, someone's going to get to drive it in February. It's going to be a great time. Call your local GRN manager for the details. Well, this hour, we're going to have a great time. We're going to have a good news story for you coming up in just a moment. Plus, at uh, 15 past, we will play our game show, Fear and Trembling, where we have prizes at stake, and you could possibly win. All you need to do is just be our our first caller at the appropriate time. And the way you can do that is either wait for me to give you the phone number, which I will do at 15 past, or you can hedge your bet, go to our website. You can click on the fear and trembling link and you'll get the phone number there. Plus the rules of our game. And that website is grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You get right. So it's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Don't forget also to join our email list while you're there. I give you a beautiful and powerful talk by Father Bill Casey right in your inbox immediately upon you signing up. And every Thursday, I like to send unique and exclusive content to just our CDT insiders. So make sure you're on our email list when you're on the website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Let's pray, let's dive in, and let's get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary... That never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Rudy Carlos here, and now your good news story for the day. Epic Times reports, man tracks down his late mother's car from 1971, buys it, and finds her sunglasses inside. Saddened by having a few collectibles to remember his late mother by, a Kentucky man embarked on a quest to find and buy back her beloved 1971 convertible. 20 years on, he finally succeeded, only to find a nostalgic surprise in his in the glove box. In the late summer of 1971, my father purchased a lime mist green Oldmobile Cutlass Supreme convertible from our local Oldmobile dealer for my mother, John Barry, who's 61, told the Epic Times. From what I recall, it was a complete surprise and my mother cherished the car. She would take us kids for rides with the top down and made every trip an adventure, he recalled. I remembered thinking she looked like a movie star in the car with her big sunglasses on and her hair wrapped in a coordinated scarf. When John's mother Janice suddenly died in 1975, her husband, Lothrop, kept the car. However, a few years later in the 80s, he sold the car to a local General Motors executive as a collector's item. A decade later, John began thinking a lot about the car. With only photos and recordings of his mother, who was a very talented singer as keepsakes, he decided to track down the owner. With the help of his father and contacts at General Motors, he discovered that the then-owner of the car was Mike Hamilton, a retiree from Michigan. 
This was before the internet became popular. I conducted some in-depth research to locate Mike, finally discovering an email address shortly before 2001, he said. I sent him an email asking about the car, and he confirmed he was the owner. He said he was enjoying the car and taking care of it, but he didn't want to sell. John, who lives in Union, Kentucky, with his two kids and wife, Shannon, has stayed in contact with Mike for the past 20 years, emailing him, emailing him twice or three times a year with the same cordial inquiry, never giving up hope. Finally, in, in September 2021, the email had been waiting. For, I'm sorry. Finally, in September 2021, the email he had been waiting for landed in his inbox. He was ready to sell the cutlass, said John. I drove to his house in Rapid City, Michigan, with my brother. The cutlass was exactly as I remembered it. Seeing it, sitting in it, and starting it up was very emotional, he said. John later opened the glove box to find a Ziploc bag that Mike had held onto since buying the car. In it were some personal things from his mother, such as an uncancelled stamp from 1973, a map, an earring, and the sunglasses that Janice had worn while driving the car over 40 years ago. This was an extra special gift that was a powerful connection to her, above and beyond the experience of owning and driving the car, said John. And um, skipping ahead here, he says, uh, John, a classic car collector with three convertibles, Corvettes to his name, had his mother's car delivered to his warehouse and cleaned. He then took his own kids, Arden, who's 10, and Hudson 7 for a ride with a top-down, just like Janice used to do. It was a very powerful moment, he said, for me finding and finally owning my mother's cutlass has created a full-circle event, tying together memories of the past with today as well as the future. The car will always be a part of my family and is a treasure that will live on forever. And that's good news. God love you. The saint of the day is Blessed Yvette. She was born in 1158 into a wealthy but not particularly religious family, though they were close to the Bishop of Liege. And from an early age, she tried to live a religious life from her home. Her father was a tax collector and Yvette was forced into a marriage at, at the age of 13 and had three children, one of which died while still an infant. Before she was widowed at the age of 18, she used the opportunity to retire to a virtually derelict leper hospital in Stat, close to Hu, on the heights of the River of Meuse to tend to the inmates and more fully follow her religious calling. She left her two sons in the care of their grandfather, and ten years later, she became an anchoress who was enclosed in a chapel cell near the colony in a ceremony conducted by the abbot of Abbey Notre Dame de Orval. From there, she offered guidance to pilgrims who considered her a prophetess in the abbasalk sense of having insight into the divine. She had the mystical gifts, including, uh, including the ability to read hearts and visions of distant events. She summoned priests and even the dean of the local church, local church to her presence and confronted them about their behavior. She was responsible for the conversion of her father and one of her two surviving sons. Yvette died on the 13th of January, 1228 in Hugh, Belgium, and her son became a priest and a saint. She died in 1228. Saint Yvette, or Blessed Yvette, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 1, verses 45 or 40 through 45. A leper came to him and kneeling down, begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched the leper and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then, warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. Then he said to him, 
See that you tell no one anything, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Chrysostom said, Our Savior sent him to the priest for the trial of his cure, and that he might not be cast out of the temple, but still be numbered with the people in prayer. He sends him also, that he might fulfill all the parts of the law in order to stop the evil speaking tongue of the Jews. He himself indeed completed the work, leaving them to try it. Close quote, St. Chrysostom, pray for us. Adrian, what did you find? Yeah, so it's kind of funny. This passage uh, kind of makes me laugh, chuckle a little bit, because it says here that our Lord warning him sternly, and <laughs> then he ends up going off and doing the exact opposite of what he said. And Cornelius Lapide here says, for he thought that this was for the glory of God in Christ, although Christ out of humility and modesty had enjoined him to silence, but he himself did not consider this command binding upon him. Well, this is what happens whenever we try to think that we know better than Christ. Uh, we go off and do something that we think is good, but if it's contrary to the will of God, good, bad things will happen. Like, for instance, Christ not making it impossible for Jesus to enter into the town openly. Like, for instance, that, that, could, be, that could be a possibility that might happen. Uh, but one thing to note, though, is what is the disposition to someone when they provide a benefit, whether it be a service or almsgiving or a assistance or a kind word? What is the obligation of the person giving well, the obligation is to be like Christ, to not seek a reward, to not seek praise, to not seek anything besides the good of which you're giving to that person. It just goes back to what I, I repeat over and over again. What is love? Well, love is to will the good of the other. And then the most important part, for the sake of the other, you are willing the good for that person, not because it benefits you any, but purely because you will the good for that person. And that is the only reason why you do it. Then the second part becomes, what is the obligation of the person that receives grace, that receives almsgiving, that receives a benefit? Well, it is gratitude. It is gratitude and it is praise for the person. So despite the fact that the person does not, does not want praise, does not seek reward, it is still oblig an obligation of the one that receives it to desire to give it. And so those, that's the lesson that our Lord gives us in this passage, and he, in other passages he gives it in a more clear manner, but here we have it there. And so uh, then he goes on and says, Cornelius Lapide says, so that he could not openly go into the city without feeling his modesty hurt by the honor and applause of the people, or could not may mean would not, for so could it is often put for would as Nazarene shows by many examples. Now, what, is, what does that mean? Well, our Lord, is, so Cornelius Lapide is saying our Lord here, it's not that he was unable, like physically, to make it into the town, but he was unable morally because he did not seek the applause of man. Now, this also goes into what we have at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Is it appropriate to break out into applause at Mass? Well, our Lord here clearly states that he does not desire applause when he enter, whenever he enters a city. So how much more should we not, just as Benedict said, applaud the servant in the master's house? 
And I think uh, we'll leave it at that for today. All right. Praise be to God. It is time to play our game, Fear and Trembling. So an opportunity for you to get in on the prize for the drawing that will happen tomorrow is nigh upon you. All you need to do is make a phone call, be our first caller, and you get to be our contestant. It's super easy and a lot of fun. That phone number is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Call now. 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call now. We'll be right back. Fear and Trembling is up next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor. Do not share with anybody what I'm about to tell you. You got to keep this just between us. But there are a number of things that we like to do on the program that are of uh, of sort of secret and hidden agenda like. But what we need is a call. We had a call on, but Adrian just hung up on them. So please call back if you can at 877-757-9424. Thanks, Adrian. You're the best. 877-757-9424. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something new about the Catholic faith that you didn't know before. And praise be to God, that's always a good thing, right? 
And then number two, we like to have a laugh. We like to have fun. And our callers are amazing. And they laugh with us and joke with us. And we enjoy that quite a bit. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which makes it a winner for everyone involved. Praise be to God. So here's the deal. If you're new here, I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but I do not ask the caller the questions. They don't need to know. They could not know a single correct answer and still win the game. And the reason is because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be wrong. So the caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? The sponsor of our game show this week is, excuse me, Holy Face Shop. Holy Face Shop is a small business and Catholic apostolate in Greenville, Texas, which creates hand-poured 100% beeswax candles and gifts in a wide variety of shapes and sizes. All of the work is done by the owner, a Catholic mom who has homeschooled their children for over 25 years. Shop prices are intended to be affordable as, as affordable as possible, and thus the shop is an apostolate. She ships worldwide. Check out Holy Face Shop on Etsy or email holyfaceshop at gmail.com for custom orders. Our winner this week will receive a beeswax candle in the likeness of Our Lady of Fatima. Support the shop by purchasing some beeswax candles and get them blessed at a Latin Mass parish on February 2nd, which happens to be a Wednesday, the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord, a.k.a. Candlemas. Praise be to God. All right, well, we are very grateful to Holy Face Shop for your generous donation and allowing us to give out cool prizes to our audience. We love to do that. So thank you, Holy Face Shop, for doing that. All right, let's go to the phones. Praise be to God. Kim and Tony, are you back on with us? Kim and Tony, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts. How are you? We are, too. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Kim and Tony, you guys are from somewhere near the Dallas area? We are. We live in Rowlett, but we're headed to Dallas where Tony goes to school. All right. Praise be to God. Uh, Rowlett. So I think I've been there, but it's been like, isn't that near like where the Bucky's is south of town? Um, It's kind of off 30, but going uh, east out away from Dallas about, I don't know, 18, 20 miles. Okay. Well, if I were you, I'd move closer to Bucky's if you could. I mean, you don't want to be too far from a, from a Bucky's as, as much I, as possible. And, uh, I agree. Yeah. Praise be to God. How was your Christmas, by the way? It was wonderful. We still have our Christmas tree up. Let's go. <laughs> Today is the uh, the feast day of the baptism of our, of, uh, of, our, of our Lord today, so it's like the day. Today, you got to, I think tomorrow you got to take it down, I think officially. Oh, darn, okay. Yeah, but that, that's okay. Just be Advent compliant and leave it up all year. That's what I say. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Praise be to God. All right, are you ready to play the game? You guys are veterans. You know the rules. Yes, yes, we are ready. Praise be to God. Let's do this. We're going to go to Rudy first, as is our custom. Rudy, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? Yes, sir. Sure. Yes, I'm sir. ready. Rudy, can you tell me? I'm, we're getting the feedback from your radio there, Kim and Tony. If you could turn your radio down a little bit. All right, uh, Rudy, can you tell me what is the term for those feast days which are not observed on the same calendar day each year? Hmm. So, in other words, they are moved. I'm just going to go with uh, movable feasts. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Why complicated, you know? Movable feasts. All right, let's just see what Brother Adrian has to say here. Adrian, can you tell me, what is the term for those feast days which are not observed on the same calendar day each year? I feel like I'm being deceived. 
This is a trick question. Is it? Yes. All feasts are on the same day each year. They are? Yes. Uh, Christmas Day is always the 25th. Uh-huh. Uh, Bachelors of the Lord is always on the 13th. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's all on the same day. Is it? It's a trick question. You're trying to trick me. See, so you're saying the answer is there isn't any. Nope. None. Huh. Hmm. Okay, Kim and Tony, here's the deal. Hopefully we can find some clarity here. Uh, Adrian says there are no feasts that are celebrated off of the day each year on the calendar. Whereas Rudy says the term for the feast days, which are not observed on the same calendar day, are called movable feasts. Who's right? Who's wrong? Rudy or Adrian? Kim and Tony, what say you? Oh, my gosh. I think I'm going to go for Rudy. I guess we're going with Rudy. <laughs> you guess. <laughs> Sorry, All so. right. Oh, darn it to bitsies. <laughs> Right. Uh, I, I have no other choice but to choose Rudy. Well, you've chosen wisely. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Movable feasts. You know, like Easter, because it's based off of the, the uh, lunar, the moon. Yeah. Uh, so it's not going to be on the same day each year. Yeah, but there are other feasts like Christmas that are Movable feasts. Congratulations. You are correct. You were in the cup. You might win if it be God's will. You know how that works. Uh, God is so very yeah. good. Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. Second question to Adrian this time. Uh-oh. Adrian? That's me. Approximately how old is a child when he makes his or her first confession? Mm. I remember my first confession very vividly. Really? I uh, broke down in tears in the confessional, so the priest had to uh, take me out into the uh, pews, and we did our confession out there. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) That's awkward. It's pretty dramatic. Uh, But uh, I was... What did you do? (laughs) Hey, that's between me and my confessor, dude. (laughs) Seven-year-old me. (laughs) Seven-year-old me. Seven. And Uh and my Uh confessor. So I'm going to say... Approximately seven years old is your first confession. You waited seven years to go to confession? I did wait seven years. Did you confess that too? Uh, no, I did not. Okay. So your answer is seven. I would say seven. Okay. Well, let's just see here. Rudy, can you tell me approximately how old is a child when he makes his or her first holy confession? Well, you know, we really shouldn't impose our beliefs on our children. They should allow them. We should allow them to just kind of like come to it on their own. So I'm going to say 18. Will they come to it at 18? How do you know they're going to come to it at 18? I don't know. You know, but it's just like, like you think 18 is the magic number. Maybe. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was 20 something in my first confession. So maybe you're right. I don't know. Okay. Here's the deal, Kim and Tony. There is, there is trickiness involved. There is a uh, there is a curveball from someone here. Uh, Rudy says uh, 18-ish, whereas uh, brother Adrian says seven is the the age that a child goes to his or her first holy confession. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Kim and Tony, what say you? No curveball. I'm going for Adrian. No curveball. He's going for Adrian. No curveballs yeah. here. They say. Survey said, "Yeah, <laughs> Rudy, there you, go. you can take the guy out of California, but you can't take the California out of the guy." Oh. Don't. You know, I was being sarcastic, just in case you didn't notice. Okay, okay, people, I don't mean that. I remember my first bapt- my first confession too. Uh, very, uh, yeah, it was. It was an emotional experience, let's just For say. Sure. You waited longer yeah. than me to get to have I, your first confession. Yeah, true, but uh, <laughs> I'm a convert. What's your excuse? Anyway, okay, third question. Child. You're in for two. You could get a perfect score here. Let's see how this goes. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I think this is the trickiest question out of all three. Super easy. <laughs> Easiest question. Okay, here, here we go. Back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me? 
What religion did Jehovah's Witnesses, Seventh-day Adventists, and the Disciples of Christ develop from? Yes, I, I know this one, actually. It's, uh, it's, it's based off of Moronism, which is this angel that came and said, hey, check it out, there's some gold tablets over here. It's actually the real gospel. Uh-huh. You know, Moronism. Yep, Moronism. That was the okay. angel's name. Okay. That's not a pasta? Moroni? No. Pasta, that's something different. Pasta Maroni. Macaroni. Oh, okay. Sorry. Macaroni. Okay. Yes, so, Maronism is your answer. Okay. Yes. Hmm. Let's Rice see. Maroni? Let's see what Adrian says. Adrian, can you tell me that's what me. religion mm-hmm. did Jehovah's yes. Witnesses, uh-huh. Seventh right. day Adventists, and Disciples of Christ develop from? Yes, the Jehovah Witnesses, the Seventh-day Adventists, and the Disciples of Christ, you know, the famous group, uh, were developed from the Baptist. The Baptist? The Baptist. Not Moronianism. Mm, Moronianism sounds kind of made up, not going to lie. Sounds like pasta to me, but okay. Uh, All right, here is the deal, Um, Kim and Tony. Adrian seems to think the Baptists have led to these uh, groups, whereas... Brother Rudy seems to think it's Maronin, Mar- Maronism. Maronism is responsible for Jehovah's Witnesses, Seventh-day Adventists, and the Disciples of Christ. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Who is trying to fool you? Kim and Tony, what say you? And no curveball. I'll try out. What was that? What say was, it again. Adrian, what was... Adrian, Adrian, Adrian. Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> should, should we I, ethically? I mean, I ethically, should mora- morally, should we be saying Adrian's name three times like that so quickly? I think that could be. All right, Adrian was right. He said it three times. I get three, three. Congratulations, bells. you were correct. <laughs> in fact, it was the Baptists. So there you go. You've learned some new things, and you're in for three. Perfect score, Kim and Tony. You guys are amazing. <laughs> Are you on your way to school, Tony? Yes, I am. Well, God love you, Tony. We love hearing from you. You have a great day, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all too. All right. Praise God. We're going to put you on hold. But uh, that's going to do it for the radio side of our show today. Thanks for having a laugh with us. We love that. If you can and you want to, hang out with us in the after show where we get a lot more casual about the conversation and you drive that conversation. You can hang out with us on the live video feeds, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT for those links. And don't forget to get your car raffle tickets quickly. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the Memorial of St. Hilary. The intention for today's Mass 
is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. All people that on earth do dwell, sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. Him serve with fear, his praise forth tell. Come ye before him and rejoice. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace of God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. You were sent to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that we may rightly understand and truthfully profess the divinity of your Son, which the Bishop, St. Hilary, taught with such constancy. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the first book of Samuel. The Philistines gathered for an attack on Israel. Israel went out to engage them in battle and camped at Ebenezer, while the Philistines camped at Aphek. The Philistines then drew up in battle formation against Israel. After a fierce struggle, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who slew about 4,000 men on the battlefield. When the troops retired to the camp, the elders of Israel said, why has the Lord permitted us to be defeated today by the Philistines? Let us fetch the ark of the Lord from Shiloh, that it may go into battle among us and save us from the grasp of our enemies. So the people sent to Shiloh and brought from there the ark of the Lord of hosts, who is enthroned upon the cherubim. The two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were with the ark of God. When the ark of the Lord arrived in the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth resounded. The Philistines, hearing the noise of shouting, asked, What can this loud shouting in the camp of the Hebrews mean? On learning that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp, the Philistines were frightened. They said, Gods have come to their camp. They said also, Woe to us, this has never happened before. Woe to us, who can deliver us from the power of these mighty gods? These are the gods that struck the Egyptians with various plagues and with pestilence. Take courage and be manly, Philistines. Otherwise, you will become slaves to the Hebrews, as they were your slaves, so fight manfully. The Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated. Every man fled to his own tent. It was a disastrous defeat, in which Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. The Ark of God was captured and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were among the dead. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Redeem us, Lord, because of your mercy. Redeem us, Lord, because of your mercy. Yet now you have cast us off and put us in disgrace, and you go not forth with our armies. You have let us be driven back by our foes. Those who hated us plundered us at will. Redeem us, Lord, because of your mercy. You made us the reproach of our neighbors, the mockery and the scorn of those around us. You made us a byword among the nations, a laughingstock among the peoples. Redeem us, Lord, because of your mercy. Why do you hide your face, forgetting our woe and our oppression? For our souls are bowed down to the dust, our bodies are pressed to the earth. Redeem us, Lord, because of your mercy. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom and cured every disease among the people. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. A leper came to him and kneeling down begged him and said, if you wish, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand, touched the leper, and said to him, I do will it, be made clean. The leprosy left him immediately, and he was made clean. Then warning him sternly, he dismissed him at once. Then he said to him, See that you tell no one anything, but go, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. That will be proof for them. The man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. He spread the report abroad, so that it was impossible for Jesus to enter a town openly. He remained outside in deserted places, and people kept coming to him from everywhere. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. I think we can really appreciate the Gospel today, especially in this pandemic time because for a leper to come even to near Jesus without even declaring that he is has leprosy uh, that was a faux pas that was something you did not do and it was more than probably six feet of social distance it was more, more like one mile away but this leper comes confident that Jesus in his divinity can heal him if he wishes and Jesus does something that I'm sure disturbed many he touched this man. By touching him, of course, then, the possibility of being contaminated himself. It's interesting, there's one antiphon, uh, Alleluia antiphon, that is often proclaimed with these Gospels, and then it's, Jesus bore our diseases. He took on our infirmity. And though he didn't become a leper, per se, he certainly was treated as one. He was kicked out. He had to now find himself in deserted places. And yet we hear that people were coming to him from everywhere. So he became like a leper. He took on that infirmity, at least uh, not in the disease, but being marked as one. 
maybe in our own day, the difference between vaccinated and unvaccinated, we can understand this sort of a distinction. But anyway, he is now quarantined. And in, in that quarantine, so people kept coming to him from everywhere. The confidence of that leper to know that Jesus could heal him and the courage, of course, of Jesus to touch him and to make him make him to, to heal him. It reminds me, I think, that just to be in, in great gratitude for so many of uh, so many chaplains in hospitals who during this pandemic, the last two or three years, have sometimes risk their own health to go to be with people who were who were sick and, and perhaps even dying of, of COVID, especially those who are in ICU, deeply sick or with any disease. There's often a great risk to their own health and sometimes to their own life to go and to anoint them, to give them that anointing of the sick. And, and the, way, the right in anointing is to lay hands on that person who is sick and, of course, to anoint them with oil so that they could be well. And uh, it reminds me, years ago, when I was actually still uh, in the seminary, I had the opportunity to go to visit a prison, um, a prison hospital. And I remember walking into this one particular room, and I was warned by uh, the, our director that, uh, that you know, they, don't, they sometimes don't want you to, to touch people because, you know, obviously they're, they're sick and they don't want you to, to take on. But the director himself said, you know, says, how could you not touch somebody who is sick, who is worried, who's anxious to bring that healing touch of Christ? And I remember that as I walked into this room and the guard is sitting there and the guard said, do whatever you do, don't touch this person. They have some kind of rare disease. They don't know what it is. And, uh, and the, but the, the prisoner wanting, I think, just that human touch, some, a human touch of love. So we had gloves and we were able to hold hands for a second and to try to comfort, to bring comfort to this person. Um, it, was, it was so heart-wrenching to be able sometimes not to be able to, to come close to those. But Jesus does. Jesus comes close. And in doing that, in taking on our infirmities and bearing our diseases, he really, in a sense, lowers himself and humbles himself, lower and lower and lower. And I think that's what we see in that first reading. It's so bizarre, no? Israel experiences this defeat. They're humiliated, absolutely humiliated. And so what do they do? Well, what probably any of us would do is like, well, let's go get the ark. We know how powerful that is. We'll get the ark, and that will win us the victory. And even uh, Phineas and, and Hophni are, are, are in the, and on the scheme. So almost like using God, or using the ark as sort of this good luck charm that's going to give, give them the victory. So what happens? Of course, they bring the ark. The Philistines are a little bit, are a little bit nervous. But then they defeat the, the, the Israelites in this, I mean, even bigger defeat. Bigger defeat for Israel. And not only that, then the ark is taken into captivity. In a way, it sort of hints at something that Jesus will do for us. He will hand himself over for our sins. Of course, he, he has his life. He gives it over freely. That's the difference between the ark and Jesus. <laughs> he gives his life freely. But he hands himself over to the enemy so that they could do with him what they please. But in that, we win. ultimately, we win the victory. And Jesus, in taking on our infirmities, taking on our diseases, is doing this same thing. So if we are sick, or we know somebody who's sick, we bring them to Jesus, we present them to the Lord, knowing that he, if he wills, can completely heal us. But whatever he wills, he is always with us. Even if we go toward into the depths of death, the Lord is always with us. 
and he can heal us, especially of our sins. We have this great confidence, the same confidence as that leper. If you will, you can make me clean. Jesus says, I do will it. Be made clean. We are all gathered here, dear brothers and sisters, to celebrate the mystery of our redemption. Let us therefore ask Almighty God that the whole world may be watered from these springs of all blessing and life. We pray for all who have vowed themselves to God, that with his help they may faithfully keep their resolve. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For peace among nations that delivered from all turmoil, peoples may serve God in freedom of heart. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the elderly who suffer from isolation or sickness, for all who are sick, that they may be strengthened by our love of them as our brothers and sisters, and may turn to Christ for healing, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For ourselves here, that as God does not cease to sustain us with the things of this life, we may know how to use them in such a way that we may hold even now to the things that endure forever, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the intentions of those who are joining us online through Guadalupe Radio, for all those who are enrolled in our Salt Mass Association, remember to all those who have died, may they rest in peace, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. May your mercy, we beseech you, O Lord, be with your people who cry to you, so that what they seek at your prompting they may obtain by your ready generosity through Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home. Under the shadow of thy throne, thy saints have dwelt secure. Sufficient is thine arm alone, and our defense is sure. Before the hills in order stood, or earth received her frame. From everlasting thou art God, to endless years the same. A thousand ages in thy sight are like an evening gone. Short as the watch that ends the night before the rising sun. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands the praise and glory of his name for our good and good of all his holy church. May the sacrifice which we gladly present on the feast day of blessed Hilary of Poitiers be pleasing to you, O Lord, for taught by him we too give ourselves entirely to you in praise through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. 
Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For as on the festival of St. Hilary you bid your church rejoice, so too you strengthen her by the example of his holy life, teach her by his words of preaching, and keep her safe in answer to his prayers. And so with the company of angels and saints we sing the hymn of your praise, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenisunce Lieterra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, Qui venit in Domine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. You never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice. In giving you thanks, he said the blessing and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we, who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, 
with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with St. Hilary of Poitiers, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth. With your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you as they're passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our, Our Father, Father, who art, art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we wait the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let's offer to the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis peccatamundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, Qui tolis peccatamundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy. You should enter under my roof. Only say the word, and my soul shall be
behold, a faithful and prudent steward to give them their allowance of food at the proper time. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. All else be not to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought, by day or by night. Waking or sleeping, thy presence my light be thou my wisdom and thou my true word i ever with thee and thou with me lord thou my great father thine own may i be Thou in me dwelling, and I one with thee. High King of heaven, when victory is won, may I reach heaven's joys, bright heaven's sun. Heart of my heart, Whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. Let us pray. Through Christ the teacher, O Lord, instruct those you feed with Christ the living bread that on the feast day of blessed Hilary of Poitiers they may learn your truth and express it in works of charity through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Bow down for the blessing. May Almighty God bless you in his kindness and pour out his saving wisdom upon you. Amen. May he nourish you always with the teachings of the faith and make you persevere in holy deeds. Amen. May he turn your steps toward himself and show you the path of charity and peace. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. There's a whiteness in God's mercy like the whiteness of the sea. There's a kindness in his justice, which is more than liberty. There is plentiful redemption in the blood that has been.
the prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Spreading the splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Is a